0: Hello and welcome back to Screen One Hundred and One. <laughs> I'm Brennan.
1: And I'm Sergio. A little bit sick.
0: Yes, a lot. Well, you're getting better. Mm-hmm. But luckily, this is a podcast, so you're not actually talking to these people and getting in, and infecting them. This is the internet. It is no, clean. It is safe.
1: It's good. It's not like that TV man where if I were talking to them, they'd get sick instantly.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't know what you're well, saying. Well, you were
1: like, "This is the internet," and like, well, I mean, it would work them?
0: on actual radio too, but no one has those anymore. Okay. Anyway, this is the first week of Gay Directors Month. Um, Joel Schumacher. Yeah, we're talking about Joel Schumacher's Flatliners. But first, let's do our 10-word reviews. Um, I'll start. Why not? Let's mix things up. (laughs) A cure for wellness. Stylish stuff, but what's the point? A bladder-bursting trifle. Okay.
1: Uh, A cure for wellness. Visual feast with plenty to drink, but little to eat.
0: Okay. That's interesting. I think I get it. Okay. Okay, cool.
1: It's a pun because you're drinking the entire movie, but there's not a whole lot of substance or meat to the actual movie.
0: Okay, you're drinking it in. Okay, cool. And, too long food, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Surprisingly tender for 90s drag comedy, John Leguizamo is bae.
1: Okay. Um, kings dressed as. cool. Let's scratch that. Men dressed as queens gathered.
0: Oh, that was a very, very obtuse joke too an inside joke we have about Magic Mike XXL.
1: Yeah, we saw that movie. It was delightful. It was,
0: it was in, the, in the way that it is not good at all, but mm-hmm. it was wonderful to watch. Uh-huh. Like when Donald Glover comes to do the striptease for the girl and it's like that strip club that's designed specifically for women and mm-hmm. like with their needs in mind or whatever. And he mm-hmm. asks her, what's your favorite thing Cause he's gonna rap about whatever she says, but it's like that's a terrible question. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, actually, before we talk about flatliners, I wanted to say real quick um, that Cupholder Radio, which is our podcast network, is actually we're moving forward into the world. We're changing the name to Pod People, which I'm very excited about, and we're.
1: I still vote we change the name to Pod and Friends.
0: I never listen to your votes because they don't make any
1: sense. Pod and Friends. That sounds so cool. It's like Fox and Friends, but. With Why would them? I want to
0: be related to them?
1: You're not related to them. You're appropriating their title.
0: Okay. Um, well, that's not what's happening. It's called Pod People. Our new website is going to be podpeople.me because we're in the 21st century and it doesn't have to be .com anymore. <laughs> and also, that was already taken.
1: People are going to get so confused, they're going to forget the .me and type in .com.
0: Well, then they'll... I wonder what that is. I'll look that up. Um, but anyway, also... That's some weird type of porn. I found out that the... um going
1: to ignore that line huh?
0: I heard it. It was just, like, super obvious, so I wasn't going to comment on it. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Um, I noticed that the current program that I use to put podcasts onto the RSS feed only allows for the 100 most recent podcasts. So, (coughs) apparently, this is, like, we missed our 100th episode because this is, like, episode 105 or 106 or something. Oh, wow. And our old episodes are slowly being cannibalized. Um, so, like, if you look on our podcast feed on the app, our earlier episodes aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. But you can find them at podpeople.me at our archives for Scream 101. So if you want to listen to Shannon's and my, my terrible first episode about I'm Madman, it's it's up there. You can It's still around. You just have to actually, like, go look for it. Okay, cool. Anyway, let's talk about Flipliners. You know? Yeah. That movie from 1990.
1: Flatliners.
0: Here's the plot four medical students experiment on near-death experiences that involve past tragedies until the dark consequences begin to jeopardize their lives. And, um, this episode's gonna be pretty one-sided. Not that they aren't all one-sided, because I talk a lot, um, but Sergio fell asleep for the better part of an hour during this movie... (laughs) And I let him because he was so so sick and very very sad.
1: I was not that. Sick. No,
0: you were you were pitiable. You were pitiful, like a little wet dog. Was I really? You were just like you just drifted off, and you were just like looked so small and shivery. And I was like, I'm just gonna let him have this because flatliners is real boring anyway.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. You're part of the reason why I'm so much healthier today.
0: Good. I'm glad. So we can spend all our time and attention on reviewing next week's movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one. It'll be interesting. I'm excited to see how this what conversation turns out. Yeah. Um, anyway, as always, we rate a film on scariness, campiness, FX and quality. Sergio, were you scared by this movie that put you to sleep?
1: <laughs> the nightmare I had during it was very scary. Did you have a nightmare? Yes, I did. What was it? Um, I dreamt that I got, like, I had to spend hours at the DMV. Oh, that is really scary. I was stuck at a constant loop. It was frightening.
0: Like, so it's like Groundhog Day plus DMV? That's um, terrifying.
1: You know, uh, I guess kind of like that. Do you remember how American Horror Story ended? Uh, the Coven season with Jessica Lange kind of just like reliving like that kind of weird mundane life in Tori Pines or whatever the hell? No, but sure. Okay, well, just like that. Like, just boredom constantly. Just Okay. Now serving 25. Oh. Now serving 24. It's like, no, it's taking longer like <gasps> than it should.
0: Okay, so five uh, out of five. But
1: of the movie that I actually saw, I gave it a one. There was nothing scary about this movie. Yeah, I wanted to get freaked out. I was like Julia Roberts and like a scary movie. I'm there for it. I mean, a lot of he- a lot of heavy hitters were in this movie. Yeah,
0: um, Julia Roberts, uh, Keifer Sutherland. Um,
1: Keifer Sutherland, for those of you who don't have a Glasconian accent.
0: Yeah, um, one of the lesser Baldwins, William Baldwin. Is right, Stephen.
1: Stephen Baldwin. I
0: don't know. There's a lot of Baldwins. It's not Alec. It's not Alec. Um, and uh, there was Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Um, Beth Grant was in two seconds of it. Yeah. I like her. She's... What? what is her biggest credit? I just know her as the lady from Donnie Darko who's like, I'm beginning to doubt da- your commitment She's to Sparkle Motion. She's a character
1: actress who's like, you know, evangelical woman.
0: <laughs> yeah. We just watched her in 2 Wong Fu. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know what? In the same year as Flatliners, she played the teacher in Child's Play 2. And it was William Baldwin. Okay.
1: So were you scared at all during this movie, Brandon, what did you give
0: it? Uh, one out of five screams. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. It was trying to be horror. It turned out to be a very spiritual movie about atonement for your sins and how they can come back to haunt you mm-hmm. instead of, like, ghosts or whatever, which is what I assumed it was. Um, The first half hour is just them having constant, endless discussions about, like, who want, well, because they have this experiment where um, they're all medical students in this giant church like museum. Like a mausoleum. Yeah, no, it's not even a mausoleum, because that would make a little bit of sense even. But, like, all of these, there's actual patients and their med school in this just massive, it's like the Louvre. There's big statues everywhere mm-hmm. and giant arches, and it must be so dusty. Like, that can't be sanitary to have medical facilities there. No, literally, sorry, what were you going to say? Nothing. Okay, I was going to say, they have um, this thing where they electroshock the heart to kill it, and then they electroshock it back to life, which makes no sense, mm-hmm. um, but they're trying to prove the, if the afterlife exists by like, medically killing themselves Did and bringing themselves
1: back. Did you check the trivia back. after watching the movie? No? Why? Because I was wondering if, like, somebody pointed out, like, this is not medically possible, too.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, this is not uh, the human centipede. It is not 100% medically accurate. Uh-huh. Um, no, but the thing is, they're doing this electroshock stuff, and it's all hooked up in this giant, cavernous, empty room that looks like it's under construction, mm-hmm. and there's dripping water everywhere. <laughs> and <they're> work- <laughs> like literally, the water impedes their process because it shorts out the circuit during, like, the third attempt that they're doing. It's super unsafe. Like, Kiefer Sutherland's apartment is more (laughs) hospital-like than the actual hospital they're in. Because it's super white. It's lit with these, like, fluorescent tubes along the floor. (laughs) It's it's a crazy... Anyway, sorry, I got super distracted. Um, It's constant discussion about who wants to be next for this procedure and how much time they're willing to go. I think
1: I fell asleep during the second time they repeated the procedure. Uh, And I was just like, this is is boring, because... It takes like about five minutes just to kill everybody, um, like per yeah, it's,
0: And it's like it's like a bunch of Grey's Anatomy scenes where they're like, "We gotta bring it back to life," and it's always like the third or fourth electroshock where they go, Gasp! and it's like, "I'm not, I'm. This isn't tense for me anymore. Yeah. You've done this like eight times."
1: Yeah, so I'm like, I figured once I saw the second scene, I've seen every scene from then on because they kind of repeated. You really Brennan told me.
0: Really, I think you maybe were only awake for. 15 to 20 minutes of this movie, but you really understand everything you need to know about <laughs> how it went for forever, because it was so repetitive. Um, no, because the thing is, um the things that were most horror-y is they kind of um, unlock these ghosts from their past, of people that they wronged, and sins that they need to atone for. So it's like, the the kid they keep her and bullied keeps showing up to, like, beat him up. And, um... William Baldwin is haunted by the ghosts of all these women that he slept with and lied to and...
1: Did he kill them? No. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry.
0: They're not ghosts. They're just like... It's real confusing. It's just memories. Okay. And hallucinations.
1: Because I didn't pick up on that last night when you told me that he was haunted by ex-lovers. But I was like, is it implied that he killed them? Like
0: No. He's the Boston
1: Strangler or something? Like,
0: they're still alive somewhere, but it's just like <clears throat> his memories surfacing, I guess. Oh, okay. It's like a weird karmic thing. Um, but anyway, all of these like weird hallucinations are shot like perfume commercials. And William Baldwin's hallucination is shot like Madonna's Vogue music video. So it's not super It's not real intense is my point. You're just dancing.
1: You're Vogue.
0: You're not even voguing. This is the vogue of today. You're just nodding your head back and forth. That's nothing. It's not even a dab. You no, know, I'm sick. Okay, whatever you can do, we want. Um, for campiness, for everything, whatever. For campiness, I'm gonna give it three out of five perms. Did some kind
1: of campiness happen when I was knocked out?
0: Uh, yeah. Keefer southern Sutherland keeps getting beat up by a nine-year-old.
1: It's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> like. I give it a one.
0: Okay, that's fair. The, your for parts what were super I saw. boring. But I mean it was a mostly boring movie, but there were parts where it's just the way it takes itself so seriously, and they're talking about life and death and the afterlife and what they believe in and atoning for your sins, and then a nine year old comes up and just hits Keeper Sutherland with a shovel and it's great. This keeps happening. There's like four or five of these scenes. He gets hit with a pickaxe and with a screwdriver, and he gets a loogie hocked onto him. It's hilarious.
1: I just imagine you laughing at this while I'm
0: knocked out. Oh, yeah. You, your legs akimbo, drooling, and me just quietly chuckling to myself.
1: <laughs> I wasn't drooling. No, you weren't. Thank you.
0: And I'm giving Camping a score to the med school, which makes no sense and is crazy. Okay. And also Julia Roberts is in a completely different movie than everybody else. Because everybody is being haunted by all of these things and these wrongdoings.
1: That they've done.
0: Yes. But her thing is she blames herself for her father's death because her father killed himself. and for Such his... a woman thing. Uh, what? No, people do that. that may... Oh, okay. But she was, her mother said, like, okay, so her flashback is she's a little girl. She opens this door to, like, her parents' bathroom that she's not allowed to go into. And she sees her dad doing something weird. And her dad storms out and kills himself. And the mom's like, this is all your fault. You opened that door or you're not allowed to go into the door. And it doesn't make any sense why he would kill himself because mm-hmm. she opened a door. Like, she shouldn't blame herself. But she was a kid, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she, like, revisits the memory because ghosts, I guess, mm-hmm. or something. And she realizes that her dad was on heroin and he killed himself because, I guess, heroin or something. And she's like, I need to forgive you for whatever and then there's this just this beautiful moment where she hugs her dead dad and the light turns like this golden heavenly glow and then she kind of vanishes from the movie for like half an hour <laughs> and well everyone else is dealing with like keeper sutherland being crazy and like evil ghosts shouting at them and she's just hugging her dad in the bathroom <laughs> um yeah so that happens
1: Another question. Yes. Um... How many Shoot. times do they each die? Is it just once a piece?
0: One per person, but Oliver Platt, who's the, like, Belushi-looking
1: one, uh-huh.
0: um, he does. He never He never does it. Okay. He never dies.
1: So he's just there for funsies?
0: Yeah, he's there for color, I guess. Huh. Um, yeah, Julia Roberts, Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, and the Baldwin, they each do it once.
1: Okay. That's unfair for her, though. I still think it's misogyny that the one female character doesn't deal with, like, decisions that she's made. But it has to deal with the repercussions of a man It's yeah, unfair no, no. I mean
0: yes Yeah I don't have any There's no counter argument there you're right um,
1: Making a point Brian I'm standing up for women
0: I, This movie was just so bad though <laughs>
1: Maybe they'll get it right on this remake they're making. Maybe.
0: They are remaking it with Ellen Page and Diego Luna, and I'm still tentatively excited about that.
1: What? Okay, no. For whatever reason, I I remember you telling me Diego Luna, but I was imagining Wilmer Valderrama. I don't know why. (laughs) That would be...
0: He should have been in this one.
1: I don't know why. Um, But that sounds hilarious. Yeah,
0: no. Diego Luna... No offense, Wilmer Valderrama, but Diego Luna is like eight tiers higher than him, and I'm very excited to see that. Um, he was good in Rogue One, even though his character was whatever. He was he's 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 good. I like him. Mm-hmm. He's a good boy. Do he you was in like the Book of Life this
1: in that new show. I'm sorry. Did you ever watch that new show? No, it was terrible. Oh. What?
0: <laughs> no, I haven't seen enough of it to make any
1: qualitative judgment. I just wanted to see your face.
0: I've seen a little bit. It's like they smoke pot and the camera spins around and like
1: ooh, it's edgy. Because there's pot. Okay, like the whole show is not them smoking pot. That's like
0: I'm pretty sure that's the whole show. No,
1: they deal with hard hitting things like pot. Like you remember that clip I sent you about the dog on the counter?
0: That's hard hitting. Where she puts the dog on the counter and is like he likes
1: to be tall. Yeah, that it's I do hilarious. like that joke. Okay. I, I, but
0: I like her. Um, was that Deborah Jo Rupp? Is that who I think she so, is? Yeah, she's awesome. I love her. She was what on Friends. Have you seen
1: her? In, oh, she friends? was on
0: Friends. She was the um...
1: one of the old friends.
0: Uh, she was the older lady who got married to Phoebe's half-brother, I think. Oh. Either that or she was Phoebe's real mom. I don't remember which, but she's one of those. Okay. She's awesome. She's funny.
1: I like how we have more to talk about, like, <laughs> random sitcoms in this movie.
0: Yeah. Um, effects. What was your effects for? I'm going to give it one out of five defibrillators. I
1: gave it three. What? Why? For what? For that DMV scene. Yeah. <laughs> Continuously repeating. Um, I don't know. They tried. There was a lot of cuts and there was some CGI that was bad, but, you know, they did that.
0: Wait, what? What CGI? I
1: felt like the tree. Remember the tree?
0: Yeah, there was a tree.
1: He kept falling into the tree. The skies and cuts, it really gave it, like, a dream-like feel.
0: Okay. That wasn't CGI, though. Not every effect is CGI. It
1: seemed like it was CGI. No,
0: it seemed like he was lying It was very
1: cartoony, and, like, the color scheme involved, to me, I guess, gave it an unrealistic CGI feel.
0: No, CGI wasn't really a thing then, in 1990. But, no, here's what happened. He was lying... Like, face down on a table, and they were blowing a wind machine at his face, and he was pretending to fall, but clearly not moving at all. Um, Yeah, I'm giving it 1 out of 5. There's little to no effects in this to begin with, and the effects that are there aren't great. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a part where Keeper Sutherland stitches up a cut on his face, but it just looks like a fruit roll-up has been glued to his face. Um, Not great, not great. So that was that. Quality, I gave it 1. Okay, that's fair. I mean, okay. <laughs> Why?
1: Why, Brennan? Yeah. Because I fall asleep. Yep, that's and, fair. Like, I fall asleep and then I occasionally wake up every five minutes or so to see what's happening and nothing cool is happening. So no,
0: yeah, so, you really yeah. didn't miss anything.
1: And if it was important, you would have woken me up.
0: I would have. I have no qualms about that.
1: Yeah. Um, but you did it, so that says something about the movie. It does. But I suffered really? alone.
0: I gave it two out of five unlucky so stars. Fair because i do think the visual style of this movie was really interesting it was shot like like blade runner almost like it was this urban neon noir like there were a, like every shot was colored by just like these weird neon lights and all the cityscapes were just full of smoke and rising plumes of steam and i do think it was it was very 90s it wasn't i couldn't say it's beautiful, but it was very frequently visually arresting.
1: Okay, you think so?
0: I thought it looked cool. Um, the style was very consistent and very.
1: To um, me, it had like a lot of peach filters. I felt like peach was the color that they <laughs> used the most.
0: Well, I think that I think that the bulk of the or parts brown, that I'm talking of
1: boring colors. I
0: think the bulk of what I'm talking about came after you fell asleep. Okay. So.
1: <laughs> so I gotta shut up and sit down.
0: Yep, I'm not here to be quiet. Um, anyway, I thought the style was interesting. Um, there's literally, like, there's red neon doorways in the hospital where they are. It makes no sense. Like, none of the production design makes sense for this story. But at least there was anything to look at. <laughs> because it's it's not quite a horror film. It's not quite a spiritual, a theological film. It's all dumb. Is it based on anything? I don't think so. It's just, like, its own little, like, garbage universe.
1: How does this movie get made with so many heavy hitters? Like, what was its box office?
0: Uh, let me look. Yeah,
1: no. Who is it, Joel Schumacher again?
0: He directed The Lost Boys, which is what I know him for.
1: Okay. That um, was a good movie.
0: It Yeah, I mean, it was much better than this. It's like a cheesy 80s movie, but it's fun.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, you know what? I'll, well, I'll have to look up The Flatliners box office, and then I will look up Oh, it made $61.5 million.
1: That's 90s money, though.
0: Okay, but it still did. was like,
1: before, like, bootlegs. And...
0: It more than doubled its budget of $26 million. Okay. So that's something. Oh, and Joel Schumacher is, um, he directed George Clooney Batman. Um, he's the one who gave him bat nipples. Ah! Yeah, he directed The Phantom of the Opera with Gerhard Butler. He directed two episodes of House of Cards. Oh, cool. So he's really coming up in the world. Yeah, so that's kind of what he's all about. Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, The Lost Boys. Yeah, wow. St. Elmo's Fire, that's a movie.
1: I saw one, I dug it.
0: Cool. Anyway, um, yeah, didn't like this movie.
1: Like, whatever,
0: it's fine. Like, I'm just
1: confused as to how this movie got made, because this movie is so out of the norm for everything you listed about his filmography.
0: Yeah, it's so bizarre. It it really is. We should make a documentary about it.
1: Is it like his music of the heart? Where he was like tired of making blockbusters and he was like, I want to make a, a, a theological sci-fi experience for the Christian and all of us. I don't know,
0: but this still was a blockbuster. Like, it made pretty big money and it <coughs> had big stars in it. Like, it's such a mystery how this movie even happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know, um, well, well, let's, let's chew on that, and I will remind everyone that this is still, this is the final month of our donation drive. If you donate $5 or more to the ACLU, the Human Rights Campaign, or the Trevor Project, you can choose a horror movie that we review on the show. And I'm going to tell you what we're watching next week, but first, you can contact us on Twitter, at Scream101Pod, you can find us on Facebook, at Scream101Podcast, and you can email us at Scream101Podcast at com. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars, and I'm trying something new, Sergio, so hold on to your butt. Um, Sergio. What? I said your name so you'd pay attention. I heard. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> what? Just because I'm looking at my phone does not mean I'm not paying
0: attention. I, I feel like it does. Fine. But here's what I'm trying. If someone gives us a five-star review on iTunes, you win a free digital copy
1: of Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> Or any movie, or, or a surprise
0: no. movie. No, it's Dirty Grandpa. I'm going to see how this works, or if it causes everyone to remove their 5 star <laughs> reviews from our iTunes page. Um, yeah, so that's on the table. This is getting serious, guys. hmm
1: Um. I say a random movie is funner.
0: Okay, well, no, but then, like, what if it's Dirty Grandpa, <laughs> and then they're disappointed? Okay. It's going to be a specific movie, but we'll try a different one next time. <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah, next week, we will be visiting Don Mancini's Seed of Chucky.
1: Woo! Cool movie.
0: Which, yeah, both of us have actually seen this one, but we couldn't not talk about it because it's got such interesting, like, queer values to it. It's so
1: important. It's
0: so important. Seed of Chucky is so important. And John Waters is in it. This is going to be great. I'm very excited. (laughs) It's going to be much better than Flatliners, even though it's... Not one of the best Chucky movies. I still think it's really interesting mm-hmm. and really important. You know.
1: It's better than that last one they came out. You know,
0: Sergio doesn't like Curse of Chucky, and I don't know why. They
1: messed. They messed with the doll. Okay.
0: It does look weird.
1: Like you don't, you don't do that, for it, Okay.
0: But I thought it was a cool, like gothic horror movie. It's like okay. It was fun. You know
1: what? It's like if they made SpongeBob look different.
0: I mean, I feel like they've done that before.
1: What's a, what's like, what, is Spongebob your childhood icon? Like, if they replace him with a slab of cheese?
0: I feel like they do that all the time. They have the, they have, like, their, the live action parts where he's literally just no, like a sponge like change, on a popsicle stick. No,
1: his actual look. Like, if he forever stayed that sponge on a popsicle stick.
0: Okay, um, I can relate to how they changed... My childhood it. is
1: ruined because of
0: it. I can relate to how they changed Chuck E. Cheese into that weird CGI rat thing.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. Thank you.
0: Anyway, um, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for joining us again.
1: Stay gold. Good luck
0: on your journey. Bye. Oh.
1: Hi. You ready for the podcast? I'm ready.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Scream 101. Are we
1: recording this whole time? Yes. Oh. You should delete that earlier stuff, okay? I will. Okay, thank you.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. I'm Sergio. And what was I going to say?
1: I don't remember. <laughs> this magic moment
0: hello and welcome back to scream 101 i'm brennan and i'm sergio and this is the first week of gay directors month
1: um
0: before we talk about our topic which is joel schumacher's flatliners
1: are we gonna do like a bunch of intro and outro episodes no okay cool joel schumacher's flatliners we don't do them within the episode we i was just gonna talk about the 10 word reviews okay joel schumacher
0: We'll talk, we'll start over. Hello and welcome back to, whatever. This episode was brought to you by Cup Holder Radio. You can find more episodes of this show and others at cupholderradio.com or
1: wherever podcasts are sold.
0: Get out, the podcast is coming from inside the house.
1: Hello there, I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there! Buckets of blood and human excrement? Or Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see um... And radical hairstyles?
0: Oh yeah!
1: Then you should check out the Gore Gab Podcast, hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. Hello. You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gore Gab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.